Today we're traveling with the disciples. A six-day trek from the village valleys to the top of Mount Hermon, probably one of the highest peaks in the region. Jesus taking a few of his disciples on a special field trip. And as you might imagine, when you go on a six-day journey, a trek, you're walking, you're camping, at night you end up having campfire conversations. So can you imagine the late-night campfire conversations among these disciples? The glowing embers shining off of the disciples' dusty faces. Perhaps Jesus has retired a bit early to his sleeping mat, and so Peter, James, and John continue a conversation. In hushed tones, lest they wake up their sleepy teacher. Peter probably blurted out the first question, Does this all make sense to you? The Son of Man must undergo great suffering? That guy? Rejected by the elders. Killed by the chief priests? And then, three days later, rise again? What's he talking about? James responds, well, it must be connected to the cross. Just the other day, he's saying, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life will save it. And John chimes in and said, yeah, did you hear him? Truly, truly, truly. He says, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come with power. Did he mean us? We're going to live forever? Like that great prophet, the mighty Elijah, swept away in a chariot of fire. Never going to die, but I'm going to have to lose my life to find it. 2,000 years later, and many campfire conversations have ensued. Perhaps you've been a part of late night ponderings, wondering about this life of faith of ours, pondering, bantering with friends maybe talking about hopes and fears. Maybe it's like, why do we still follow this Judean carpenter's son? What is it about Jesus that still makes me want to follow? Why do I follow? Why why does he hold sway and authority over my life still? It's 2021. Do I still need Jesus? And maybe the mysteries live on in our lives. Losing our lives so that we can save them? Carrying a cross? Denying ourselves? 
tasting and seeing a kingdom that comes with power? How is that working out for y'all these days? Maybe we need to have a testimony Sunday or another Zoom meeting just sharing testimonies of how we're working this out. (laughs) That might be really curious to hear the stories of how we're following Jesus in these days. Oh, wow. What would you share? What would your carrying my cross story sound like today? Or denying myself? Or tasting and seeing the kingdom? Something to ponder in the weeks ahead as we head into the Lenten journey. Last week, Jeremy noted that sisters and brothers have changed the entire trajectories of their lives in pursuit of living the Jesus way. And we probably know these people. And maybe we carry their stories in our hearts. And I suspect that if you're watching this sermon today or here in this place or participating in this service of worship, your heart too has been changed, sustained and saved by a living God in the face and presence of Jesus. So perhaps you might be quietly testifying in your heart, even today, of this faith and this mystery of following Jesus. But maybe these stories aren't too close to your lips or too quick to be brought forth from your heart today. That's why I think we need Transfiguration Sunday. It's a great opportunity for us all to go on a field trip with Jesus to the top of a mountain. It's the third great highlight story in the season of Epiphany, the season that ends on Wednesday when we start into the season of Lent. The first part of Epiphany, the highlight reel, was the three kings, those astrologists who saw that starlight, star bright, the heavens were revealing something new. The second great moment of Epiphany is baptism of Jesus Sunday where the three in one God showed up, the voice of the Father speaking, the dove descending like a spirit in bodily form, and then this voice saying, My son, the beloved, I am well pleased. And today, this grand finale, three disciples walking alongside Jesus, and then suddenly flash, The streak of lightning, a white, so brilliantly white that all the bleaches in the world couldn't make it more bleachier. Sounds like an infomercial, doesn't it? (laughs) The bleachiest of all bleaches. The disciples fall to the ground. They're gasping. They're, They're terrified. They're marveling. They're wondering what's happening. And they're appearing before their eyes, Elijah with Moses, talking with Jesus. And Peter thinks maybe a shrine should be built, maybe, maybe admission fees could be charged to help with the fundraising project, um, or maybe he just wants to encapsulate that moment forever. Or maybe he's terrified, like the story says, and he doesn't know quite what to do or say. But he says it, he shouts out, Tense! 
Teacher, three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But then the crackle of thunder and this cloud descends upon them and disorients them. The echoes of the words that they heard at the baptism are bellowed forth. This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. A rushing wind, a clearing, they look around, and all they see is Jesus. On Transfiguration Sunday, we might find ourselves humbled, on our knees, disoriented, feeling like we're coming out of a fog. And I'd like to suggest that as we spend time in this moment with only Jesus, that we once again discover a couple of things. Might we rediscover wonder? Rediscover wonder. There's been lots written and conversed about what was going on in this transfiguration moment. Why Elijah? Why Moses? And how did Peter, James, and John even recognize Elijah and Moses? Right? It wasn't like there was an Old Testament picture book that they were working off of. Um, but that's not necessarily the heart of the story. And for Mark, the gospel writer, plunking this story in the middle of this gospel was probably him trying to give himself and his first century home churches some encouragement for the journey. To give them some hope, to give them some reminders, and to remind them of the wonder of following this living Lord. The wonder of worship, the wonder of marveling at a God who's breaking into history breaking in the midst of our life stories, interrupting, humbling us, assuring us that everything is in God's hands and not in our hands. God drawing near. God showing up with power. And reminding us that it's not about us being in control contriving plans to keep things together. And so wonder might humble us again today, humble us to our knees, reminding us of our needs for a God who needs to show up time and time again. This God of wonder who keeps us humble, who keeps us discovering the power of God's light, God's love, God's dazzling presence that is available to us and for us in these days. And so we might pray, God, come to us with wonder today. Transform us anew. And so we rediscover wonder. And of course, since Jesus is the only one left before us in the story, let's rediscover Jesus As the clouds clear, the disciples see that only Jesus is with them. So that's good news for us. 
the light of the world speaking to us with love and grace, and the voice of God saying, not just rediscover Jesus, but listen to him. So I encourage us to be contemplative, mystic Christians today. Listen to him. What might we hear as Jesus speaks to us today? We sometimes talk about the practice of Lectio Divina, this spiritual practice or this uh, spiritual habit where we read a story of the Bible several times, allowing it to permeate us, heart, mind, body, and soul. And then in one of the phases of responding, we say things like, I hear, I sense, I see. And so that's a great practice for us this morning as we try to live out of the transfiguration story. As we're listening to Jesus, as we're following this invitation to listen to him, what might we hear, what might we sense, and what might we see? And we'll even pause today in the midst of this sermon to begin that hearing, sensing, seeing. This is a mystical practice. We're trusting in the Spirit to show up and speak to us. It's listening prayer. But I found this encouraging quote that might help us even as we're framing our listening today for those of us who might not easily get to that mystical place I was reading Tilda Norberg, a pastor and therapist who wrote a book on transformation and healing. And in the midst of listening prayer, Norberg gives us these hopefully helpful framing words. Ask God to make you aware of divine nudges. What was God saying to you in that unexpected phone call? Or that flat tire. Or for us this past week, that dead battery. What was God saying to you in that emotionally stirring movie that you watched? In that bout of anxiety that overwhelmed you? In that coincidence? She continues to write, In silence, discover where God seems to be directing your attention. Pay attention to your hunches, your impulses. Obviously, not every hunch or impulse is a message from God, but God does sometimes choose to communicate this way. What do you feel an urge to do? Call an old friend? Take a nap, go for a walk, read a book, play with your kids, offer forgiveness to someone who hurt you. If your impulse is not patently foolish, will not hurt anyone, and seems consistent with the gospel, try following it and see What happens? So as we're listening to Jesus today, maybe some of those ideas might also frame our listening today 
and in the days ahead. Might we listen to Jesus? Might we be caught up in wonder? Might we look around and see and believe that Jesus is with us? And so again, I give you those words to help your response today. As I'm listening to Jesus, I see, I sense, I hear him say. And then maybe the Spirit will start filling in the words or the phrases or the images that the Spirit might want us to carry with us this week. We can rediscover wonder on Transfiguration Sunday. We can rediscover Jesus. And we can listen to him. So I'm going to invite us to pause for 20 or 30 seconds as we begin this journey of listening on Transfiguration Sunday and then entering in to the final days of Epiphany. Jesus, we stand with you on the mountaintop today. We stand in the wonder of your glory. And we listen for the word of the Lord. Help us to pay attention to divine nudges. Speak to us, living God, with grace, with love, with wisdom with assurance. Oh, Lord Jesus, open the ears, open the eyes of our hearts, and lead us into these final days of Epiphany with grace and wonder.